Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Welcome to the podcast. We are live. How are you doing, Mike? You know what? I'm doing awesome. I'm in a very upbeat, funny mood here, right? So I'm going to drop some knowledge on you, all right? All right. Stand-up comedy is very similar. Stand-up comedians are very similar to stocks. Let me let me give you some examples here, all right? Please so first do. of all, your blue chip stocks, right? These are your Dow components. This is your Apple. This is your McDonald's. This is your Home Depot. This is your Caterpillar. This is your Altria. These are your staples that just year after year, they're the largest companies. Exxon will throw it out there, whatever, Disney, you name it, Wells Fargo, I can go on and on. These mega cap stocks that perform year after year after year. These are your Jerry Seinfelds, Chris Rocks, Kevin Hart's that just every year they're at the top of the grossing amount. I think the best example I have is a Jerry Seinfeld. 25 years, he's probably been at the top five you know, grossing comedians. He's there a year after year after year. Those are your blue chips. He's going to sell out every venue he goes to, right? And that mega, is correct. Mega venues, like 10,000 plus seats. I would probably even say we'll take a um, Jerry Seinfeld. Back in 2003, People probably said, well, he can't get any better. He can't get, he's not going to keep being the comedian he is. And here we are 15 years later and he's still crushing it. Same thing happens with a lot of the stocks, Microsoft, which we're going to talk about today. A little teaser action there. Then you've got your up and coming comedians, the Mark Normans, the Tom Seguras, the Chris Porters, the Whitney Cummings. These are these comedians where they still have proven to themselves that they're year after year grinding and they're crushing it and they're funny and they're year after year doing stuff, but they still haven't broke out to those mega levels, which are, you know, the Chipotle's, the uh, Sam, the Boston Beer Company, which we're going to talk about later today as well. Even I'll throw in maybe even a little Netflix, which they're kind of on that breakout. That's maybe more the Tom Segura-like. Um, and then the, uh, um, you know, we could go on and on the PayPal's, which we're going to talk about actually coming up in episode 19. So and those are maybe, the, these are maybe ones that have gotten an HBO special or a Netflix special, couple Netflix specials where they probably would be stopped on the street a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll maybe use a even, half hour comedy. A bit yeah. On, maybe uh, doing, uh, I would say Bill Burr, you know, he's doing red rocks. Right. Um, then I think we've got the penny stocks which are your open micers. Mm. And that's where when people ask me about penny stocks, hey, I'm buying this penny stock. I say, well, there's a reason why it's A, a penny stock, and B, that the guy's doing open mic in Omaha, okay? <laughs> so that's where it's hard. Yes, like Las Vegas Sands is probably the most recent penny stock that was actually you know made a huge killing, is that you're trying to find you know, those comics and those open mics, the probability of them becoming the next Kevin Hart, Jerry Seinfeld, the cards are stacked against them. No, it does hear- happen, but rare. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Here's the best one. The meme stocks. Do you want to know what I think the meme stocks are? Um, Late on me. Prop comics. 
<laughs> so, so I think uh, Carrot Top might take offense to that. He's, he's done pretty well. He's got like, Gallagher, right? <laughs> that's I think Gallagher is like uh, we talked about the stocks of our uh, of our father's generation. That's that's Gallagher. Like, bring your raincoat. You're going out to the show to get a, <laughs> a watermelon. <laughs> I think AMC equals prop comics. And look, AMC, GameStop. I'm not going to talk too much about the meme stocks. All those ones do have a big following, do have big numbers, just like the prop comics are, but I don't think it's going to be sustainable. And then here's a good one. The Enrons, the Ooh. blockbuster videos. I'm going Carlos Mencina, right? This, this makes sense, the Enron thing, especially when you talk about fraud. So I see where you're going with Carlos Mencia, right? Absolutely. You know, yes. Okay. Now, I can't remember if it was you this is another good, you know how a lot of companies like a Microsoft, which we're going to talk about in the early 2000s, was stagnant forever, and then they broke out. Didn't you have an example of a comedian you were actually telling me about? I remember a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I guess this would, the best example of this I would think of is uh, Chris Rock. I mean, the blue chip of of all blue chips, he's going to sell out any venue he goes to, but early on in his well not early on in his career but i mean after satin that live fame and and some movies he just i think was wrestling on his laurels that he was just going to kill a crowd and uh i think as the story goes he was the headliner and martin lawrence was was before him and martin lawrence just killed it crushed and when chris rock came out he just could not i mean his jokes did not stand up the crowd booed him off the stage and then he just realized like I, I got complacent here. So he went back on the road, started taking, started rebuilding his act, went to all the small clubs. And this is like circa 94 to 96. And I think this is what was the impetus for the uh, Bring the Pain special on HBO. And that was what I always figure is like the second coming of, uh, of Chris Rock after that. I mean, you'd look forward to a Chris Rock special. That thing is still, there's bits that, that, that I quote from that, but it was all because he got complacent, right? And you think about it, Apple was, was, I mean, eighties was, was on the, on the way up late nineties, early two thousands was basically left for dead, reinvented themselves. Microsoft during the bomber uh, era as CEO was just not doing much. And then uh, Satya Nadella comes in. So maybe there's also room in there to say too, the parallel with uh, comedians and, and stocks too, is that uh, you get complacent not looking in the rear view who's coming up on you or just thinking that your product is is going to be everything and the world changes on you and you got to reinvent yourself. Well, I would say right now, if we're talking like a stock wise, Chris Rock is a uh, is a uh, more influential comedian than we'll say Martin Lawrence, correct? Yes. And I think there was a time where Martin Lawrence was Best Buy, Chris Rock was Netflix. And there was a time where people said, well, which one are you going to invest in? I bet you there was a time where which one's a better comedian. And now we look back and it's kind of laughable, right? Um, Same with stocks, no, right? You can look back and you can easily see in the rear view like, oh yeah, which which one was the better one? And I do moment? think mm-hmm. how some comedians make other comedians better. I think some companies make other companies better as well too. I think here's when I left off. I think Dave Chappelle is the Amazon of stocks right now, right? He's been around for that long t- period of time. He's now like thrown up as like the greatest of all time. And the other thing too, there are some comedians that are start off as all time. You know, I'm going to go with George Carlin might be like Sears Roebuck. He was such a huge, huge comedian. And then 
at the last three, four years of his life, I actually saw him on the last tour he ever did. He was redoing jokes. It wasn't as sharp, wasn't as fun because he used to do a fresh new hour every year for the HBO series. And then he was redoing jokes when I saw him right before he died um, in the early 2000s. And that's kind of like a Sears where you can also see the decline in the comedians as well. I guess you could also say too, like the GE too. I mean, GE is still somewhat- Maybe a better relevant. example, yeah. yeah. But the Chappelle one, yeah, I missed that one, but Chappelle has got to be. He's like, yes, he is is everything right now. I mean, his Netflix specials, he puts stuff out on YouTube. I mean, and there's another guy too that was uh, top of this game with the uh, the Chappelle show on television too, and then walked away from it and was basically left for dead again, and then just reinvented his uh, his stand up comedy act and went back to that too, and became insanely more profitable and popular too. Which you know, what's a good spinoff. What's that? I forgot my spinoff example, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Yeah. His spinoff from Eddie Murphy. That's like, you got the Eddie Murphy one, which is like, you know, again, the top of the top blue chipper. And then like the spinoff was like, just wasn't the same. All right. Well, I, I, I think I could keep talking comedy all pod. And I, we talked about a stock and look, I, I don't want this to come across like I'm giving you a hard time because I was giving you a hard time with the stock was 135. We talked about this stock when it was at 1250, three pods ago, three or four pods ago. I just, I'm not a shareholder, so I don't keep up on the news. What's going on with the Boston Beer Company? Or it's, I, I, I blink my eyes. It was at 1250. I blink my eyes. It's 7, 710 as a Friday. What's going on there? Oof. Oof. That's, 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 <laughs> why are you bringing up old stuff? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. So I, I listened to the, uh, the conference call, by the way, there's a great app. It's called quarter and it, uh, it just breaks down all the conference calls. You just put in the ticker symbol and they basically have a PDF link in there where you can look at the earnings release, but then you can, um, also just, there's a button you can click and it fast forwards past all the statements and you can just go straight to the Q and a. So I use this occasionally, not, not every stock, but, um, after nice. I heard not at, I mean, after I heard about Sam, I saw it and I was just like, Ooh, this is down a lot. What happened? So I went back and uh, was listening to the uh, transcripts and, uh, I would, I would say that, uh, Sam Adams is, uh, they made a, uh, a, a blunder here and, uh, what it came Ooh, blunder. To, yeah. What it came down to is that um, they went uh, all in on the uh, the hard seltzer this year. So they pretty much said that they have produced more hard seltzer for the year than any of their uh, their craft beers. And Ooh, uh, you're talking truly too, right? Yeah, truly. That's their that's their flagship on the uh, on the seltzer line. And um, they said that they saw demand for uh for hard, hard seltzers being about 90 90 at, at the start of the year so that's why they went so hard on it now they basically came out on this uh last earnings report and they said looks like demand is closer to 20 percent so oh. big, big big difference so they uh came out and said that they're they're reforecasting guidance for the for the rest of uh the full year and uh hence the uh the, the sell-off. So basically they just said, we messed up. We thought hard seltzer was going to be a lot bigger for the rest of the year and going forward than what it is. And since they stopped production on a lot of their craft beers, my guess is it's going to take time to ramp that back up. So their depletion levels on the, uh, on the seltzer are probably going to take quite a bit of time to, uh, 
to trail off. So that's why the stock is sold off something like uh, 40, 40% in the last week or so. A couple things. I, I'm not going to bag on Sam Adams here. I, I think it's it, because hindsight's always 2020, you know, and they went for the Augusto here, mm -hmm. right? I People, the seltzer craze came about. They actually, I got to give them credit. They because because White Claw is actually um, private. Mm -hmm. They decided we want to be the number one publicly traded company that had the number one consumed seltzer product that is publicly traded, right? Mm -hmm. And they put all their eggs in the basket. And it's funny because you know what they they swung and they missed. And I understand that, but that's sometimes what makes companies better. And I'm not giving them a hard time because. Who knows if in 10 years we look back and 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 seltzers are even you know more popular than they're they are now. And we look back and realize, did you know that Sam Adams was gonna buy truly and they decided not to? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, you know, there's a third investor in Apple. Yeah, he, the, um the guy that sold out after a week or something. Yeah, he had 10% of Apple, he sold it for eight hundred dollars. That's worth a hundred billion today. Yeah, okay. And it's kind of like, you know, we're gonna talk about some mistakes here in a minute. I, I, I'm not going to, you know, look, am I going to be an owner of it? Did they kind of, you know, you know, kind of make a mistake here and put too much money in there. But I, I kind of like that they at least tried to, to do something here. And at the end of the day, I'm not a big seltzer fan. I do get it that at the, you know, beer has been around for like 2000 years or whatever. And it's been a staple of an America since the last 200 years or whatever. So and seltzers, you know, that they do have that kind of that, that, you know, Zima, Mike's Hard Lemonade, uh, wine cooler kind of attachment to it. So I could see how it's a little hit or miss. So I'm not going to give them too hard of a time, but I can't believe they lost 40% in a week. Is that what, is that right? It, it was, that look, I'm mean, seeing here. Sorry if I ask you a question and cut you off. That's what you do. April 11th, the, all our hardcore listeners are like, why is Nate even bothering answering? Uh, April 11th, 1294, April 11th, $1,294 a share and to close July 30th, $710. I mean, that's, 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 that's the punishment right there. I mean, it just shows you, I mean, we talk about two companies that, um, we put uh, Sam Adams in that, in that mid cap range. Mm -hmm. uh, this is also, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad the same way that mid caps can can swing up wildly right i mean you you crush the earnings and and you see a lot of mid caps that that uh, go up uh quite a bit and the converse side of that is uh you miss earnings or you put out uh, uh negative news and you be punished severely too that's something again you just don't see nearly as much with uh the large cap blue chip companies their 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 movements aren't nearly as big but i mean this is this is a big deal in the sense that they reforecasted. I can't remember what it was, but I think their their earnings forecast initially for the year was something like uh, uh, twenty two dollars a share, and they reguided and they basically said at best we're going to do eighteen dollars a share. So that's in itself their their earnings guidance for the rest of the full year. That's a big move. So that's probably somewhere around forty percent too in their in their in their uh, guidance. So hence the stock is kind of moving in lockstep with that. So. You dollar cost average more than I do. DCA it, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I know you've been dollar cost averaging the Boston Beer Company. I still got to give you credit. You were buying it at like 135 and I was kind of giving you a hard time. So you're still up. Are you going to keep dollar cost averaging this or what are you thinking? I don't know. So I've changed a little bit here on the stocks that I have, um, that I am, uh, I am adding to again. I just, I like everything I'm going to put it in, but I really have been trying to get more focused on what it is that I want to add to. And one of the things lately that I've been trying to do is really looking at the trends that I think are, um, are kind of going to be the thing of the next five, 10 years going forward. Mm. And I'm not sure that alcohol in general fits in that or restaurants. So I don't know if I'm going to be adding to it as much as some of the things I like lately, uh, things like. Um, so the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Long, long winded way of saying I um, cybersecurity, I mean, applications, um, digital apps and uh, advertising, streaming, those are things. So, Yes, long long way of saying, I don't think I'm going to be adding to to Sam anytime soon. But here's the thing, now would, this would be, be the time. time to do it. Yeah, right. It's really I I was really good about dollar cost averaging on the the way up. So purchase as low as is in the 120s and as high as probably in the thousands. So dollar cost averaging up, you can still get returns. But if you have the fortitude to dollar cost average on the on the way down, you can do e- even better. I still well, think. I still think Sam's in, in good shape. I was going to ask you real quick. You mentioned Zima, and this made me think. Zima is pretty much gone, right? We're talking- Well, Zima like, was the hard seltzer of the 90s, right? I mean, yeah, I wasn't I was drinking in, it. When I was in college, I mean, that was the that was the thing. It was kind of like um, a lemonade flavor type thing. And before that, you mentioned wine coolers. So is this to just say that in the um, in the alcohol space, there always has been niche niche drinks like this. Whether it's wine coolers, Zimas, seltzer, and then hard lemonades. I don't know if Mike's hard uh, lemonade is still a thing, but what what stays true is always just beer, right? Like Homer says, uh, if beer it's the cause and cure of all of life's problems. Well, two things, and before I answer your question on the alcohol and all that stuff, is. I'm not, and I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm, I do, I'm going to do the same thing too, but this is going back to Sam Adams dollar cost averaging. This is where that psychological part of stocks is really hard. And I'm going to call you out on it. Feel free to call me out too. Anytime is that you're talking about how your dollar cost averaging Sam Adams all the way up. And then it takes this huge 40% decrease and if you really still believe in the company now, now, if again, if you think you hate true, like, look, my wife, she's not an investor. She's like, I just don't like truly. It doesn't taste good. That kind of makes sense where you're hearing, you know, from, from, from people out there that maybe just don't like it. But if you still believe in Sam Adams and you still like their product. And to me, if I still see the valuation there, that this would be the example where you have to be strong and you have to dollar cost average. It's really easy to dollar cost average when a stock is going up, 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 and up. But this, these are the times where if you really believe in the company, whether it's Chipotle with an E. coli scare, that's when you can see those huge gains. And, you know, for you to say you're not going to be dollar cost averaging it, it's, it's, you know, you could be leaving some gains on the table there. I mean, absolutely so. But I mean, what we always say with the market too, is it's just one big disagreement. I mean, our our funds are are limited and our wants 
are are unlimited too. So I much rather still look for something else and in, in dollar cost average on the on the on the way up. I mean, it's counterintuitive because it's never going to be the returns, but I uh, think in the uh, near term there's going to be headwinds, and I still don't know where where alcohol is going to be long term. I mean a beer manufacturer that's got somewhere around, I don't know what it is. It's probably maybe only a $12 billion market cap. Now it still Eight, has a 8.6. 8. It's, it's still got an easier path to double back up to, uh, to 16. But the other thing I was thinking too, is I was looking at long-term charts of, of Sam and where it is right now at in the seven hundreds, it's probably still quite a bit more where it historically has been the very first time I think I purchased Sam in 2015, it was in the, uh, in the three hundreds and from the three hundreds, it went way down into to the one hundreds. And from there it was a slow climb back mm. up. And I would say based on thinking about this from where it started, at least when I did, I was like, this is probably also more fairly priced to where Sam's should be. At least Versus least the 1300. That's yeah. A good point I mean, too. I was going to say it was probably, we talk about valuation and I'm not huge on, on valuation, but Sam Adams at 1200 was probably extremely overvalued and 700 still might be on the, on the high side. So I can, I can say this any which way, but to your point, I can, I can get in at 700s and if it goes down, I can continue adding. But the truth is right now, it just, it also doesn't interest me as much. And this goes back to the whole point. I mean, our funds to invest are limited and our, our wants are not. So I'd much rather just put it somewhere else right now anyways that, that just interests me more. And that has nothing to do with Sam just going down. I, I would say it's the same thing. Even if Sam had popped huge and gone up even more, it's just at this moment in time right now, beer is, or beverages are not the, uh, the focal point of where I'm looking to put my money. And this is a good example to where... Um... We preach on sometimes we dollar cost average, sometimes we don't, sometimes we keep buying a stock, sometimes we don't. Do your research. And if you think that it's okay if your philosophy changes on the market, you know, it's okay if all of a sudden you like a stock and then you do more and more research and then you realize you don't like a stock anymore. And Nate, that's a good segue. Let's head back to memory lane. All right. So, Nate, I'd like to do our segment. Um, Let's head back to memory lane. Today's memory lane is going to be Microsoft. Ooh, we All should right? cue the music. We need that music like the, where the bells come chiming in or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah, we'll get producer so, on that. Here, normally we don't talk about what were our, our, how much we bought or how much we sold. But I think with memory lane, I'm going to sometimes bring that up. In March 3rd of 2006, I bought Microsoft. Now, keep in mind, I'm telling the people how old I am to put things in perspective. I was 26 years old, okay? I bought Microsoft. This was the third stock I ever bought, okay? And I bought Microsoft. Can I guess what the first two were? Can I just guess what the first No, we're two saving were? that for memory lane <laughs> later <laughs> on, dude. You're going to do the first two in memory lane later? I was just going to say, I know this one too. Yeah, you shut your mouth on the <laughs> other end. So this is the third stock I bought. I bought Microsoft. I bought 125 shares at $26.80. Now, we've talked a lot about sideways stocks, okay? And here's what's crazy. Now, let's just do the quick math. Let's be the uh, buzzkill. What's Microsoft trading at? I, th I 281. I mean, give or take, maybe it fluctuated a little bit, but last week was definitely at 281. 
That means 125 shares would be $35,125 today, okay? I bought Microsoft, 125 shares, $26.80 a share. Now, here's what's kind of crazy. This was a sideways stock. And what I mean by that, this is the perfect example. I bought it in 2006. I sold it in 2010. That's four years later. What did I sell it at? Do you have any idea? Price? $30. I sold it at $24.67. And this is an example. I'm almost done here, Nate, where a sideways stock where if I had patience, obviously I'd have a huge winner. It's trading at $281 a share. Those $125 shares are, or 125 shares are worth 35,000. But this is where you can get burned by sideways stocks. I bought it at 26. Four years later, it's still trading, not even at 26. It's lower. It's at $24 a share. You can see how a 26-year-old me, which would be then put me at 30 years old, sold Microsoft at $24.67. Well, now, I'm not saying, did you, did you at least where you factor in dividends during that time? Was it closer to break even? Is I bet you, yeah. This if you factor in dividends. Yeah, this reminds me of McDonald's. I, I, one of the rules I always try to do is at the very least, psychologically speaking, it's like, well, let me sell it at break even. Then I can say I didn't make anything. I didn't lose anything. So I would guess over those years too, at the very least with the dividends, whether you collected cash or reinvested that you, uh, you probably broke at the very least even and maybe a modest, modest gain. Well, two things to keep in mind. One, I'm not beating myself up about it because my therapist says I need to overcome things. <laughs> no, because A, I've got so many mutual funds and other ETFs that owned Microsoft from 2010 to current. So I caught it up all the way up there. And the other thing too, you can see, I mean, six years, that stock essentially did nothing for six years. Now, I did sell it. And then when I took the, that, the, that funds, do you know what I bought it with? Uh, with your, micro, with your, your profit or your take from Microsoft? Yeah, I bought Chipotle. Well, there you so, go. I was I'm, not, I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. I'd still be up just as much. So I'm not going to beat myself up on it. But it could have been you sell that and you buy gold or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of my memory lane take of it. I, I actually, now that I, at first when we, when, when we were kind of doing this segment and going back and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, Microsoft. And now it's worth all this money, but you understand why I sold it six years. It didn't do anything. And I guess the moral of the, of the story is some of the, my biggest regrets in the market are not stocks I didn't buy or stocks that I sold. And I wish I probably held on to that, but then I also wouldn't probably own the Chipotle that I own today. Any feedback from that, my memory lane? This would be really interesting to see uh, using our favorite website, dividendchannel.com. Let's take a look. From uh, Yeah, Chipotle and Microsoft from that point, 2010 to now, which one it is in the tail of the tape and see which one really has performed better. All right, so let's take a look here. We're going to do, I, I bought it in March. We'll do MSFT. This is, does sting a little bit because um, I'll tell you, when we do these segments, I'm not always selling Microsoft to buy Chipotle. I'll tell you that much, okay? Mm -hmm. So Microsoft to now, 
Let's compare this to the um, to Chipotle from 2006. Obviously, Chipotle went public later on, but if I invested $10,000, oof. All right, you have $10,000. You invest in Chipotle, in, 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 sorry, Microsoft, 2006. Your $10,000 would be worth $148,000. Okay, you're up 1,386%. Chipotle from 2006 to current, your $10,000 is $423,000. It's a $4,100, 4,100% return. So I actually made the right move. Yeah. And it, I did the same thing here looking. So when you sold in 2010, so if you sold in 2010 and used that to uh, buy Chipotle. In oh, I'm sorry. I should have looked in 10. Yep. But even that works just as well too. So it's uh total return. Yeah. It's been a uh, Chipotle from that point. It's been a 13 bagger and uh, Microsoft's been a, an 11 bagger. So, right. Or basically so, baggers, um, so still that's pretty, uh, wow. Talk about a negative turn into a positive. You know what? I'm not looking at Microsoft to buy any. Do you own Microsoft? Yeah. So I guess you could say, um, I, um, I got in late to the game or maybe still long term it's still early innings because um i mean i i mean microsoft's a two trillion dollar company now i probably got in somewhere where it was closer to a one and a half trillion dollar company so still still up and i think there's still a lot of um a lot of upside to go as we keep saying the world is only getting bigger and uh, i guess if you're asking me what i rather uh sam's sam adams or microsoft i'd much rather put my money in in microsoft and and Sam Adams. And that's just because I see much more consistent path to just continuing to generate boatloads and boatloads of cash with, with software as compared to uh, something like alcohol. I will like to say though, Nate, um, this was awesome talking to you today about stand-up comedy, Microsoft, Sam Adams, you hang in there with there. Maybe a couple Sam Adams beers will help you with your gains that you kind of left on the table. Um, I want to say thank you for all the Twitter support we've been getting. We've been getting a lot of retweets. We've been getting a lot of likes through Twitter. We've had people reaching out to us, actually finding out of the pod because of Twitter. So thank you so much to all of our Twitter users. To get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Two Buds Talk Stocks. If you would like to drop us a line, you can always reach us at Two Buds Talk Stocks at gmail.com. If you'd like to drop us a line and leave some feedback, questions, comments, let us know what we're doing good. Let us know what we can improve on. We love the feedback. If you uh, can leave us a rating or review, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please do so. And as always, we appreciate the support. All right. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.